This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Today on the podcast, we have a new Illinois basketball commit to discuss. Io DeSumo is staying in the state, signing a three-year deal with the Chicago Bulls and the Illini getting ready for Spain. So we bring in our guy, Derek Piper. Apologies to Haley. Apologies to Cade. Bringing him in off of vacation here. Uh, but I, I can see the sun. Maybe the beach is behind him. What's up, Derek Piper? How are you? Hey, what's up? Uh, down here in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, usually you're in the dead period, the quiet period in basketball. You're post-AAU. You're before all those fall visits for – uh, the current class, and yes, we are waiting on the uh, Spain trip to talk about and, and to see what comes from that for Brown Underwood squad. But uh, we, we've been, both of us, I think, have been away on, on vacations before and news pops. So this is, uh, uh, it's par for the course, yeah. and it's no big deal. It's uh, good to talk some hoops. Well, Jason Jackstis is an Illini. Not a big surprise here, the three star in state prospect out of Yorkville, six foot 10. Uh, we got him now listed over 200 pounds. That's an improvement, uh, but uh, an evaluation Illinois made here. And uh, Derek, just first of all, what does he bring to Illinois? I think he's a nice get because of the skill set. You look at six foot ten, a guy that has the ability to shoot the three. I think that's the big thing. As you look at shooting, is such a priority for Brown Underwood and company with this class. And you have Perez, and you have Amani. Uh, guys that have shown the mid-range game, and I think that's been a bright spot for Merez, just having a little bit more offensive skill and a little bit more confidence in that mid-range shot. Amani showed that last year at Peach Jam and is trying to build on that as he's getting within workouts and everything. But a, a true stretch big man that can space the floor. We see that with Coleman Hawkins uh, and also the ability to do some things off the dribble. I mean, that's something that's going to have to continue to develop for him as he progresses. But uh, he's flashed that, which is encouraging. So, uh, I also think he's a, he's a fluid athlete. Uh, you look, and I, I know that people, and I, I don't blame them. You think about Project Big, you think about uh, Long and Lanky, uh, immediately a lot of people are going to go to Brandon Lieb or even some of the other guys that, you know, Matisse Vasile or, or some earlier Brotherwood's tenure that didn't necessarily work out. But uh, on Lieb in particular, he's just more of a more athletic uh, than Brandon just in the way that he's able to move laterally, vertically uh, so I think that that's something that is actually a kind of a sneaky good strength for for Jackson he's not a, a crazy explosive athlete or anything like that but um, in terms of laterally for defense he's got long arms to block shots kind of a help side defender and, and a guy that can protect the rim a little bit um, and and then also able to go to the rim and, and kind of get up there and, and, and explode a little bit so 
uh, all that package together is really a long-term projection, which we're going to talk about is that uh, it's not someone they think is going to come in and impact them immediately. It's one of those kind of old school takes that you try to, and you, you have the ability to, you know, down the, the line on your, your pecking order, the scholarship chart to take a risk on somebody, make a long-term play. And they see that with Jaxtis and he's an in-state guy. His dad's from Champaign. So um, there's reasons that, that Jason will buy in long-term. And then I think he's shown enough on the court that Illinois wants to buy in long-term too. Yeah. Obviously the Brandon Lieb comp is just simply lazy to me. I I watched them and they're far different basketball players. They're tall and white that, that they have in common, but they are different kind of basketball players. I think the upside play would be, can he be another Coleman Hawkins? Now that is very high of what his ceiling potentially is, but that kind of skill set is, is what he kind of brings, but he's a three-star recruit and just got that three-star rating. Derek, he had no other high major offers, why did Illinois make him a priority and push here? He'd been someone that was on the radar for a while. I know that Tim saw him in a workout. I think it was last fall and uh, was someone that he, he came back and said, hey, we need to pay attention to this guy in case he does continue to progress and, and show more. And, and does the body develop to also put, a, put him in a spot where it's reasonable to expect that he could one day you know, look the part of a big-time basketball player. So uh, they brought him in for a visit during the season last year. Uh, just get him more familiar with the campus and the coaching staff. And then they watched him closely uh, on the high school circuit there in June and the AAU circuit before that, both in the spring and then afterwards. Uh, it, it was really what he did in June. I, I thought he was really, really good. I got a chance to see him both weekends, both Riverside Brookfield and then also Romeoville, uh, Illinois offered after the Riverside Brookfield showing. And uh, it, it's just the fact that he was able to go out there and be able to to do a bunch of things. I mean, he was all over the court. He was making jump shots. He was shot faking and going to the basket. Uh, he was doing some of the Coleman Hawkins, like pushing transition off a rebound. And then he was blocking a bunch of shots. He played Phoenix Gills team and he had like seven or eight blocks. And uh, so for somebody that has that length and that mobility to, to be a shot blocker. Now he's also very rail thin. You can power through him. Um, I think in one-on-one matchups in the posts, that's something that he can kind of be exploited with. He's almost more of an effective help defender coming over and blocking than versus like if he's against a legit big man and trying to hold his ground at this stage. But um, I think as you look at it from Illinois' perspective, they've got Coleman and Terrence going to the league after this year. They've got three grad transfers. They already have another scholarship spot currently open. So you're going to have a lot of roster turnover. That's not even talking about a potential transfer of guys that could be eligible to return. So there's just the ability to add a lot of pieces this offseason. Yes, with another year of a free COVID year type of guys and, and staying old, that's still something that Brad wants to do. But uh, there was a, a chance to take a need, which is a stretch big man, and then kind of take a longer-term play. And I, I think that all that combined made them very interested, and he, he showed them enough uh, during July that they wanted to push for him. Yeah, you wonder, is he going to be ready by the time Merez is still here or in the NBA, all of those things? But you mentioned the, the fit there of with Hansberry, with, with Merez Johnson. But what what is the realistic growth pattern here, developmental uh, pattern here for a guy like Jason Jackstis? Because it does feel like, Derek, he is bought in to kind of what Lieb was and that, hey, this is going to take time. And I do think this kind of shows that there's still room for developmental prospects, right? When when you have so much uh, transfer overhaul, like you're probably not going to have, 
you know, um, you need some guys towards the end of the bench that are willing to wait their turn, stick to the process, and Jax just seems to be bought into that. Yeah, I think for college coaches right now, it's a little refreshing. You know, I think that, yes, it's easy to get bought in, and Brad and the staff definitely have gone the transfer route. But uh, as you think about, I think some of the old school recruiting or just development process is, is something that coaches would love to have a little bit more of and have some guys that would be willing to stick around for a few years and to go through the uh, the, the grind and the progression and see the growth. And I think fans want to see guys – in the same uniform for three, four years. And, and yes, it, you may not see a whole lot of Jason Jackson's early on. I think that's something that is kind of going into your question is that um, I, I think that I've heard enough that, you know, they probably want to redshirt him or at least can seriously consider that year one. And yes, that's kind of our, an archaic uh, way of going about uh, your roster. Finky the last one, right? I think yeah, that's, I think that's right. Yeah. So um, they're, they're looking at that. Um, when you think about, uh, just the fact that he's just going to be really, really thin and, and to give him a full year, just focus on your body with Fletch and, and then try to see what that looks like after you know, going to your retro freshman season and are you ready to contribute um, in some kind of capacity at that point. I, I think it's really a two-year down the road, uh, two years in the program, maybe even three, where he's really uh, someone that's ready to – I mean, it's kind of the – what we saw a lot with, with Bo Ryan and maybe early part of Greg Gard is just those developmental big men at Wisconsin that red shirt. And then maybe they, they start to show a little bit their first year. And then it's really that sec that third year in the program, their second year playing. It's like, who's this dude? Yeah. And uh, that's what they're hoping for with Jackson. The other guy that reminds me of is I always had a little bit of that. Uh, Jack Nungy is, is a guy that I thought yeah. really developed well, um, obviously transferred towards the end of his career, but um, that would be a, a heck of a kind of player down the line if you can get him too. Um, I know one thing to, yeah. to, to also add this, like, I think there is there is a narrative, and for good reason that you know he fits with Merez, and, and and that's a good compliment. But also with what Merez, the type of July he had, like there's a chance that by the time Jackson is ready, Merez is gone. But if that's what happens, that's what happens. But still, the the point holds like to have a stretch big man uh, in addition to whatever you're going to have. If Amani's uh, hopefully a long term piece down there in that front court, not really a a shot maker from outside of the paint or, or really outside of the mid range at this point, uh, that's a good way of balancing out some, some floor spacing and things like that. All right, Derek, I'm bringing up our, our scholarship chart here and uh, there's still one spot open in 2023, 24. Uh, can we answer that question? Are we expecting that to be filled? At this point, I would say no. Uh, I think that you might kind of go back to what Brad said in the past is just the flexibility to add mid year, I think as of right now, that's kind of what they're looking at, unless there is kind of a, a no-brainer. I know that people have continued to to wonder, you know, who's coming off the, their foreign trip here in August and someone's unhappy and then hits the portal late or yeah. someone that was uh, under the radar taking classes just to graduate. If, if there's a huge, like, no-doubter add to your roster, I think they would, they would consider that. Otherwise, I think they're pretty good with who they got. Maybe add somebody mid-year that could help them the following season. Yeah, so we, we look at this 2024-25, we still got four scholarship spots open, and that's before potential attrition after the season, right? But you have five seniors on the roster right now with Hawkins, Shannon, uh, Marcus Domas, Justin Harmon, and, and Quincy Guerriere. Um, so they're going to leave some spots open for transfers, but Derek, what, what do they have left in, in the class of 2024? What are they trying to add here? 
I think as you you look at kind of the the guard, really a, a bigger combo guard type of, of player, and then also the wing spot, they're, they're kind of looking best available out of that group to take one, maybe two. So I think that on the high side, this could be a four-man class, uh, and then you have some, a couple of spots for transfers. Again, you never know if, if somebody else after the season were to exit, uh, and then you have another spot to fill. I mean, that's just been – reality of every offseason maybe someone that you wanted to keep leaves or just uh, someone with eligibilities for sure uh, is out of that picture but um, right now with two in the front court I think they're done there as far as the front court goes I think they will look uh, kind of the, the the way to address this post Coleman Hawkins is to take Jackson as a longer term piece and then in the portal go out and get a stretch big man that's going to help you immediately but um, on the guard spot, Mikey Lewis is really the top guy that they're looking at. Uh, Oakland Soldiers out there on the West Coast was one of the top scoring players on the EYBL uh, throughout the spring and then into the summer. I mean, he his team didn't play in Peach Jam. They played in the PIT, the NIT of the of the EYBL. But, I mean, he had a game where he scored 40 against the Mac Irvin Fire. He scored 30 in another game. Uh, I think it was against the Georgia Stars. And, I mean, he's just a natural three-level scorer. Scores it from three, off the bounce, gets to the rim. Uh, Chester Frazier's done a really good job of – he really blew up this spring. Like, first showings in that EYBL sessions, uh, guys, teams really getting in for the first time with him. Outside of, you know, St. Mary's was a place he had officially visited before that. But uh, I think Chester's built a really good relationship. I think some of the, the quotes you see to the national guys that he's been talking about recently have been encouraging for Illinois. We'll take – uh, an official visit sometime in the in the fall, and uh, that's someone that they're really really high on. And I think in terms of this class going the way that they hope going forward, Mike Lewis would definitely be a part of it. Another guy's Jaden Glover that they've been in on Derek uh, from yep. the Patrick School in New Jersey, which Georgie Pashanishvili I believe was from the Patrick yep. School in uh, New Jersey. So they got connections out there. It seems like Lewis is the priority there, but uh, how, how far in are they on Glover, and what do you think of his game? I think they'd love to have Glover. With these two guys, they're really at the top of the board. If you could get both Mikey Lewis and Jaden Glover, I think you could do it. I think you take a four-man class at that's, that point. Uh, Glover was really, really good, uh, especially uh, Under Armour Finals. He made an AAU team switch from his spring team. He was with the New York Jayhawks on the Adidas circuit. Then he went to the, the Riverside Hawks on the Under Armour Finals uh, circuit and, and there's going to be a, a familiar name. Maybe people don't know the name uh, in terms of who runs the Riverside Hawks. It's, it's Kareem Miminger, but uh, he's was Kofi Coburn's mentor through the recruiting process and uh, feels like Illinois has good inroads, a lot of familiarity with him. And uh, I, I think based on what I've heard is that without that switch, without Kareem being a little bit more influential uh, down, the, down the stretch of this thing, I, I think Illinois was probably on – trending out of that recruitment it looked like a big east recruitment uh st john's i mean he's he's right in their backyard and, and rick patino they have a lot more appeal than you know they did pre him showing up on the scene there so i still think that st john's is the team to beat but illinois i know he told i think it was jamie shaw and on three that he's going to visit uh in september to, to go to illinois he's got he's listed a lot of schools that he wants to visit so some naturally usually get cut but if he at least comes to campus for uh, for the Illini, that at least gives him a chance. But uh, he's someone that shoots the three well. He's got good size. Um, he's he's a guy that on the wing that can can be a scorer and a, and a three point shooter that they obviously would like to have. 
Yeah, I would I would imagine Derek. Like I, I mentioned this in the last podcast, I, I feel like shooting is a, is a priority. He would fit that. We've talked about KJ Wyndham on this podcast before. I know you've written about him as well. Uh, but the transfer portal also, I would imagine, shooting is going to be a priority for them after the season. Definitely, yeah, for sure. When you you look at you're going to lose Damask, who's you're hoping is going to be a, a knockdown shooter, and that's that complementary role and. Uh, Gary A is thought to be someone that's going to be able to stretch the floor. And really just as you look at this roster, it's it still has some some question marks three-point shooting-wise. But um, at every position, you, you go and you, you talk to the people around the program and you try to figure out, okay, what do they need at the guard? What do they need at wing? What do they need at front court? Shooting comes up in every mm-hmm. single one of those. So, uh, yeah, that's something that you've been able to go out there and covet. Obviously, Alfonso Plummer was a knockdown dead-eye shooter. Um, they didn't necessarily get one of those guys in this class or this cycle of transfers, but um, that is something that they can go out and, and be able to get. And I think that that's stretch big man. That comes with shooting. And then on the wing, I think wing help. I mean, that's really been the last few classes. Something they've done is, is go out and, and get a an impact wing via the portal. All right, I want to talk about Ayo DeSumo sticking with the Chicago Bulls. Got thoughts on that. But first, I want to tell everybody about Factor. If you're on the go like Piper and I, you got the dad life going on, you got work, you got the kids, finding healthy, convenient meals can be really, really difficult. But that's where Factor comes in. They're America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and they can help you fuel fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You save time, eat well, and stay on track of reaching your goals. Factor offers delicious flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles. I like the Protein Plus myself. It's prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. Each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. Head to factormeals.com and use code ALINI50 to get 50% off. That's code ALINI50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Well, one guy who doesn't need to save any money right now is Io DeSumo, inking a three-year, $21 million deal to stay with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I think this has a nice impact on Illinois, but Derek, what did you think of this when this came out? This is a little bit more money than I thought Io would get, but I'm happy for the guy, man. I'm, I'm such a fan of his. 
he didn't have the best season, let's be honest, um, with the huge opportunity that he had. But the Bulls obviously had a lot of think he has a lot of value both short term and long term here. Very happy for Io. I, I was with you. I was wondering how this is going to go. It seemed pretty quiet. Like yeah. it was a pretty quiet, um, just free agency kind of restricted free agency type of venture for him. And you saw Kobe White get resigned. You saw them go out, uh, get Javon Carter. And you just wondered what the future was going to be like in Chicago. Was he thinking that a better fit was going to be out there? Was, I wondered about his appeal when he gets the qualifying offer. Was someone going to come in with more than you know $5 million annually to, to be able to make that a – a, yeah, and it, and it didn't happen. Offer. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And and there's a part of me as a Bulls fan, Derek, that I go, were we bidding against ourselves? Is the Bulls <laughs> yeah. perspective of this? Uh, but I'm so yeah. happy for Iowa. I don't care about that. Um, but Toronto made a lot of sense on the court. Like, he would have had a bigger yep. role. Like, Toronto, after losing Fred Van Vliet, they need somebody that's going to play 25-plus minutes. I don't know if I was going to do that this year with the Bulls, given what they've added with Javon Carter uh, and, and keeping Kobe White. Um, but... I also thought, are they going to pay him three years, twenty million? I, I I didn't think. I don't know if they even have the cap space for that. I don't think they do. Um, you know, the NBA cap can be ridiculous. I don't know if they have the middle level or whatever left. But there's just not a lot of teams that can both offer him the role he wants and the money he wants after a season in which he shot thirty one percent from three. So uh, I think this showed that the Bulls one didn't want to lose the asset of Iodesumu. Mm-hmm. It's a very tradable contract. But you also know, like. Three years, $21 million, Io's going to live up to that. Like, he's going to give you some kind of value. You don't have to worry about him being Cristiano Felicio. And you sign that deal, and all of a sudden, it's going to be a complete bust. He's going to be an NBA player. Um, so I think for the Bulls, it, it made a lot of sense to, to keep him, to keep the asset. Uh, and, and because he could be valuable to somebody in a trade. He could be valued to them on the court if they have an injury. Like, if Caruso gets hurt again, you know, Io DeSumo can play. So, And you know he's going to get better. Derek, like he's not going to get worse as a player because that's who Iowa Sumo is. Hundred percent. You know, he's always been the guy that's addressed his weaknesses and, and has put in tireless effort. And he's shown that uh, from the defensive standpoint, is obviously someone that can be disruptive and, and defend a lot of different guys. And uh, I think just the experience now, two years in the league, understanding uh, how to guard some people. I mean, always giving Trey Young some problems, but uh, he, he'll be able to continue to just to learn and, and really dive into that side. I think the usage offensively is kind of fascinating because uh, admittedly, I, and I know the NBA, it, you play through your stars. And, and if you're not one of those guys, I think the same thing applies to a guy like Coleman Hawkins. And, and you can project this out for a number of different guys. I personally would love to see it. I think the better fit for Io is to have the ball in his hands more. It's just that when you have Zach Levine, you have DeMar DeRozan, it, the reality is that especially if you're in that group, you're a spot up guy, so you got to yes. really become the best spot up shooter that you possibly can. Uh, but the I think that it is going to be interesting if, if they put him in a second unit. Can he have the ball in his hands a little bit more? Because I, I still go back to those stretches his rookie year when either Levine was out or DeRozan was out. He put up some really good assist numbers. I thought he did yeah. some good things. The facilitator saw the floor. I think he's good in pick and rolls. Uh, and, and yes, at like finisher at the rim. It's probably because he's not an explosive athlete or, or super explosive. Is something that's going to be a challenge for him at that level. But um, that's what I wondered. I wondered that – and I was even conflicted as, yes, I'm a casual Bulls fan, but also a big Io fan, that was it best for Io to go somewhere else and to have a little bit more on the ball and, and, and that type of a thing. But I do love that this contract gives commitment 
from nice. the bull side to him. It, there was a situation where he takes the qualifying. It's one year, and if he is stuck in a spot up, doesn't shoot it well, then his his value really kind of is in a tough spot. Like Kendrick Nunn. Going into year four. Kendrick Nunn took a smaller deal, and he's like, I'm going to get to free agency. I'm going to play with LeBron, and I'll be better for it. He barely played there, got injured, and now he, I don't think he signed with anybody. He's one of the top free agents left, but he hasn't signed with anybody. Um, the security of this for Io is awesome. Uh, to, yes. to get the $21 million, he's going to hit free agency again at 26 when he's going to have his, his top value, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I have those questions. I just don't know if he's going to get a role anywhere else where he'd had that. I get what you're saying. Like Besides Toronto, there's so many teams like Houston, Detroit, like all these teams have highly drafted guards that, that aren't, I was probably not going to steal their. So I get it. He's not really a three and D player, but in the NBA, he has to be. And, and on this team, he has to be when you got Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. Listen, I, I wish I could, my plan would have been to trade DeRozan. I don't know what his market would have been, but I just think it opens up things for Kobe white, for, for IO, for Patrick Williams to kind of play a role. And listen, I love DeMar, everything about him. He's, he's been great for IO too. He loves IO uh, because they both work incredibly hard, but it's just, you kind of know what you are and it's, it's a lot of two point jumpers. And I, I just feel like the bulls need some more dynamic three point shooters and scoring opportunities and, and let Zach Levine be the superstar. If he has to be the superstar. Um, but on that team, he's going to have to be, a three and D guy. So he's just got to shoot better. He's got to shoot better. He's really good in transition. He's a great defender, phenomenal defender. Um, so he's got a role uh, in the NBA. It's just, is he, is he fast enough? Is he quick enough to be what he was in college at this level? He hasn't proven to be that quite yet, but he does. Once he gets in a straight line, he can get to the rim. He just needs to finish better and just be more efficient offensively. But I think he set himself up for a nice long NBA career. And if you're Illinois, Derek, you need more guys like this. You need more NBA success stories. And while he's not a superstar in the NBA, I, I thought about it. This is the first Illini coach that can sell development of a guy who makes 20-plus million since Bruce Weber with Darren Williams. Like, and the last time he could sell that was 2012, right? <laughs> and, and the last, yeah. last time you could really sell a guy I recruited and is making that much money in the NBA was like Lou Henson with Kendall Gill. Like I recruited the guy, I developed him and this. So like this is a good sell for Brad Underwood to Mikey Lewis, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially, I mean, the in-state still that lasting power there up in Chicago to continue to have him there is very, um, it matters for sure for up and comers in Chicago. But yeah, I mean, even someone like Mikey Lewis, you know, who I would assume who is and that, that definitely helps. And guys, I've said it for years is that they want to see who looks like me or has played a role similar to me that's gotten to the NBA and then they got to stick. They got to stick to be relevant. It makes money. Illinois, <laughs> yeah, it makes money. <laughs> Illinois for a long time didn't have that piece. They'd be going up against another program that sent somebody to the NBA and they'd say, hey, just like be just like this guy, Illinois couldn't point to anybody. Uh, they can do that with Io. And yes, hopefully uh, from their standpoint, they get that out of Coleman, they get that out of Terrence and continue to to push that forward because it matters a lot in recruiting. Um, that's how top prospects think is that they want to – yes, they want to have success in college and everything, but they want to get to the NBA. They want to have staying power. They want to be set up for a long time. And uh, this deal helps Io in for a three-year window. And, and yes, I agree with you. I think uh, from, from the get-go, we all expected Io to be a, a long-tenured pro just the way he works yeah. and the talent that he has. 
Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Like, I think I was going to have opportunity with the Bulls. He had opportunity last year. Right? 51 starts, 26 minutes per game. Um, so he's going to have opportunity because he's going to be like, what, the ninth or tenth guy on this team. He can outplay Javon Carter. Like, go, go play better than him. Somebody's probably going to get injured on this team at some point in that, that backcourt. So um, I'm, I'm excited for him, man. No one more deserving than this. And what a story. I mean, two years after being drafted, 38, Derek, you're at that draft party. He's got $21 million coming in the bank. Or I, I guess after taxes, it's probably about $11 million in Chicago. But That's pretty nice, though. Still, <laughs> still pretty good. Uh, but yeah, you said it with Caruso's injury. And then, I mean, Kobe White, too. Like, two years ago, Iowa's rookie year, Iowa definitely, in my opinion, outplayed Kobe that year. Kobe definitely had a better year last year. And I think they can they can complement each other well, um, kind of in a, a second unit or if one slots in the, in the starting role. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see more Iowa in, in Chicago. For yeah, sure. and the other part, he's a bull. Right, this for the Bulls. This is a, like you got a guy that's a hometown kid. Not quite. He's not a Derrick Rose level player, but he's a hometown kid. He's a fan favorite. You got the Illinois connection there, and for Illinois, it's like, oh, that guy playing two hours north. Yeah, especially for the in-state kids, Jeremiah Fears. Hey, look at this guy. Um, came to our program, developed into an NBA guy. Uh, that's positive. So you can keep those Bulls Iowa Sumer jerseys at least yes. for a little bit and longer. Me and you both have a uh, Iowa Sumer Bulls rookie card. That's right. That's right. Let me pick it out. There you go. Right there. There it is. First pack of cards I bought in like 20 years, and I got an Iowa Sumo rookie. I was so pumped. That's awesome. I'm happy about that. It's next to my Darren Williams uh, rookie card. Keep, keeping him in that jersey is good. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Darren, before we let you go, let you go uh, you're probably going to have this on your uh, – you guys at some point on the radio show will talk about this, but uh, Illinois football has new jerseys. Should we have a, a hashtag jersey take day real quick? I don't know if you've seen these quite yet. I haven't seen them. There you oh, go. There you go. Not nothing crazy. The stripes uh-huh. on the shoulders. You got the orange, white, orange stripe on the shoulders. A little bit of a New England Patriots kind of look. These yeah, are very Syracusey, very Syracusey, yep. which Nike has both schools. But um, we see some details here. The helmet got the stripes, but staying with the the black eye, which I I'm in favor of. It's your mm-hmm. most noticeable thing. I get the script. Would you have been a script guy? I love the script basketball uniforms. I just love to see a markup of what a script football would look like. I'd love a script alternate. Script alternate alternate. would be pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Here's the stripes if you're watching our YouTube channel. That's probably the boldest thing they did here, right? Is the stripe, yeah. Yeah. And I thought the script might go here. They still have the black eye. Uh, Should we RIP the the shield? Are we done with the shield? Oh, man, the shield's gone. (laughs) Yeah, I was never a big shield guy. I, it's really a, I like the black eye much better. It's really a mid twenty tens thing with uh, Marvel really taking off. Uh, I don't have any hot hot takes here on the jersey take. I love the orange blue orange. I think that looks good. It kind of reminds you of um, when they had the Giants uniforms only with the Giants logo on the helmet. I I hate that Giants logo because it's so unoriginal. Now you have the actual right helmet with it, so I'm happy about that. The white roads look pretty sharp. I mean, it's it's nothing too crazy and that's what brett bielma said all along so i give these a b that's how i'm grading it there how do you got uh yeah no i agree uh, my favorite uniform i'm glad you met, brought them up is those early 2000s still like the kirk kittner brandon lloyd i, I still love that that look and yeah the, i liked I them except the helmet the, the helmet was the only thing i didn't like <laughs> i yeah the giant it is a complete ripoff uh of the giants but uh yeah i mean 
The uh, the stripe definitely stands out. I, I get yeah. the Patriots vibe. Some people are going to say it looks like Syracuse, but every I mean, you got pretty much the same color scheme. They're going to look like each other regardless. Yeah. Did Tommy uh, DeVito have a say in this? Because <laughs> they did the, right. the same thing he had. I'll have to look those up. The Tommy DeVito. I, I think the uh, the orange pants and the white jersey looks pretty clean too. That's a good look. Um, I like them. I mean, they're they're nothing crazy special, but. Um, yeah, I think it's a solid B as well. I, I'm a simple guy, so that always works for me. Look at this. That Tommy DeVito. <laughs> He's got mm-hmm. the same jersey. <laughs> Only they're that vertical instead of horizontal. So Nike but not Yeah, not if you had like a white, white helmet with a blue script Illinois, that, that would be pretty – as an alternate. alternate. Yeah. Don't, don't have to be every time. I think that's something that would be really cool. All right, we'll get to everyone's jersey takes on Twitter. I haven't looked at it. It came out right as we started recording this podcast, but I'll give it a B. Derek Piper. I'm glad we're doing this here because Lante hates jersey talk. He's he's the old man. Like I'm not. I, what the jersey looks. I'm getting more towards Lon. Like as long as it's not crazy, I'm just simple. The Big Ten does simple really well, and it's all about branding. Like, can I identify what team that is? And with a black eye on an orange helmet with a blue jersey at home, white jersey on the road, that that does it. Like, I, I know I'm watching Illinois. Now go win games. That's more important to me. Recruit good players, develop them, and win games. Yeah. You don't have to be Oregon with a, a different jersey for every game you play in. Um, yeah, winning games for sure. And Who has the best uniform at Illinois? Is it the white script for Illinois basketball? Or is it the flying Illini for basketball? Or is it – Soccer's got some pretty sweet ones. Like they had the shield back in the day; those are pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I, I think the script, the script, script. Illini whites on yeah, Kofi Coburn just look unbelievable. It's hard to beat that one, even though I I am a sucker for the orange flying Illini throwbacks. Um, that's that's a that's a tough one to to choose from. But I think I do think the script has maybe a slight edge. What we're finding out is we're seeing a lot of these like NFL teams are going back to their old uniform Seahawks. I think uh, Tennessee's doing the Houston Oilers ones, which are great. They did they did they did these uh, designs right in the '70s and '80s. We got a little complicated and when we were young with the, in the '90s. We like we liked teal, we liked uh, a lot of Comic Sans kind of stuff like the Detroit Pistons former jerseys. I do think the the NBA '90s jerseys were pretty good. Like the Sonics, the Raptors. There, there were some good ones in There's there. Some cartoony stuff that we did yeah. in the 90s. We get big. Orlando Magic. I, yes. Give me a Penny Hardaway throwback. Orlando Magic. I'm not, you know, I'm a couple hours from Orlando. Maybe I'll pick one up. All right, Piper, get back to vacation. Appreciate you, man. All right. Thanks, man. Always right. fun. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Online Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale. Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.